Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Very excited. I, I finished my Celtic sweater ish. Mm. Like I have just the threads to work away. Work away. Uh, and I keep trying to work smarter. Sometimes I mess up and then I get really mad at myself. Yeah. Um, this isn't working smarter. This is working harder. Yeah. Well, I try to leave long tails because whenever I do like little squares or whatever, or I at the end of a row that I know that will have to be sewn up. So then you don't have to have two ends that you have to knot off and, and work away. You just have the one. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get distracted and then I start like sewing it away. And then I'm like, no, that was supposed to be the thread I used for sewing. I made it work somehow, though. Also, this project, I keep running out of yarn. Like I, I, it made, I made it work, but it just kept getting shorter. Well, that part was always short. Like it was always going to be cropped, but the sleeves were going to be slightly different. And then I ran out of green and gray, uh, but it got, the sleeves got long enough and I have just enough, but the whole time you're like, please don't run out, please don't run out. That is, uh. Running the gambit of uh, crocheting. <laughs> it really is, especially when, uh, since I don't buy yarn in the typical manner, I only use uh, thrift store finds or like small shop mm-hmm. handmade yarns, which, I mean, massive price gap in between there. <laughs> So we just I, went from the lowest end <laughs> to the most expensive. Yeah, so guess what? Not caring I, about what's in the middle. Yeah, guess what I usually do. You cry. I cry That's a lot. What you do. So much crying. Uh, I typically will use the thrift store. Uh, so when it's gone, it's gone, and then it's just like that's there's some uh, usually there's some quirky workings with my bigger pieces. What do you find is the quality of the stuff you find at the thrift store, what, what do you what do you get? Like, is oh, it's it, the same uh, as what you would get at Michael's. Okay. And sometimes you get even better. Uh, like with this sweater, I just used the black part of it is 100% wool. Okay. And, I mean, I love working with that, but typically you're not going to find that in a thrift store all the time. So you right. really got to, like, snatch it up when you do find it. Yeah. And it's not even something that you really see at Michael's because it's more expensive. Yeah. So they do all the cheaper and they do a lot of novelty yarns. Yeah. And a lot of like the, the plastic yar- feeling yeah, yarn. Yeah. The acrylic yarns and like the plushy yarn is really big right now. Yeah. I'm not on board. I can't get behind it. That's okay. You're allowed to stand athwart crochet history and say stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I started crocheting fighting against the the red heart super saver i think it was called yeah 
And that was more repellent just because it's so scratchy. Mm-hmm. It's very itchy and sticky feeling. Like, it has that acrylic stickiness. Okay. And I'm like, for basically... Uh, now it's pretty much the same amount of money. I will say at one point Red Heart was so dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, but something like if you're going acrylic, like Caron Simply Soft, you get the same colors as the Red Heart. Right. You know, very vibrant. Uh, okay. A lot of colors. And it's still not found acrylic, in nature. Right? And it's still acrylic. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so if you want a cheap option that doesn't feel totally disgusting. <laughs> I've done like Caron Simply Soft, a lot of baby blankets. It's a very nice one. Okay. Because it, it's a clean one, it doesn't like pill, well, that's but nice. it's very soft. Yeah, because baby blankets are you get washed and so yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. That's why I tend to, like I don't love using acrylic, but for certain things like babies stuff, mm-hmm. baby blankets, uh, I'll lean more towards acrylic. Okay. Depends on the quality of the the wool. Yeah. Do you, when you're buying yarn, would you say that you are um, just open to what is there? Or are you trying to find something for a specific project? Uh, a little bit of both. I don't worry at all about thickness. Uh, your your worst, like yeah. what weight it is. Because you feel like you can just make that up with the stitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <clears throat> if it's thinner, you can just double up. Yeah. So if you okay. have a thinner one, you just like pull two strands. It's a, a little bit inconvenient, but it's a cheap way of getting that bulky weight yarn. Right. Is by doubling up the strands. Uh, I look for color. Like if I have a image in my mind, um, like recently, like a couple months ago, I made the lion's mane mushroom yep. cardigan. Yep. And I had in my image browns, creams, and then hits of orange. So I just, whatever I found that fit into that... I would get. Okay. Uh, but part of it is just like you kind of collect it and you see stuff like, oh, that looks like a good quality. Like that has, you know, that's part wool, that's part mohair, or that's, you know, a good quality acrylic. You just buy that and then I just save it until I get enough of that color or that you feeling. Hoard it. I yeah. do hoard it. Yeah. You know, because coming up soon is going to be another blue inspired sweater. Okay. Because that's often coming up more. Uh, so stuff like that. And yeah, a lot of, yeah. a lot of thrift stores do grab bags. So they fill a bag and it's a flat rate. So now, how do you want to work this flat rate of percentage? Who's to mark Doyle Lonergan flat rate. Okay. It's like $8 for whatever fits in that bag. So you're kind of, you know, you just do kind of have to hoard and just, yeah. Do you, in that situation, are you able to pick through the bags and like just like toss it in your own bag or is it all pre-selected it's pre-selected but some some not every thrift store does it some some thrift stores just have each ball okay loose and so it's really fun to see too like sometimes you can pick out what somebody did like just recently i got a green a gray and a black of the same kind of yarn okay and you can tell that they were making something of that together. Cause like there's similar amounts left over, but one, like, I think like the black's a little bit farther gone than the, the other okay. complementary colors. So that's kind of fun. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I wonder what you made with that. Yeah. I bet that that looked pretty good. Probably a baby blanket. Maybe probably granny squares. Lots of granny squares. So Always granny squares. squares. Yes. It's funny that they have come back. Well, I mean, they're entry level. And they're not atrociously looking. They're warm. 
I mean, they just have come back uh, in in the aesthetic of it, though. Like, yeah. people are throwing that on the runway and everything like that, where it was uh, kind of like, oh, that's so, you know, outdated. But the right. 70s have come back yeah. in a what, lot of clothing aesthetics. So. What I'm not really seeing back yet is the bubble stitch. Oh, like... Um, or popcorns. Yeah, sometimes. popcorns and bubbles and, yeah. It, yeah, I've seen will. some people do it. I don't like doing them because they take a lot of yarn. Yeah. And so it's kind of unpredictable how much yarn you're going to need. Yeah, your project is going to use a lot more yarn then. Yeah. Crochet each, in general. Each one of those little, those little popcorns is very dense. And I like them when they're big. Like, yeah. you want them big enough to, like, oh, you can notice. Yeah. Yeah. Bubbles are, are fun. Tiny bubbles. Make me happy Make me feel fine But yeah, they use a lot of yarn, so I would have okay. to make sure I have yeah, a lot. It could be an interesting design feature because I think a lot of times they get thrown in very almost like they're they're used a lot in blankets mm -hmm. and there's almost too much of them mm. but i could see it actually being an interesting detail on a on a vest on like a back of a vest or something oh that's a good idea yeah i was thinking like if you did a bishop sleeve so the big poofy sleeve and then just yeah. on this on the poofiness you did like the baubles yeah yeah i should look into doing that maybe my next project maybe i feel like they're because the granny squares are coming back then those are going to come back oh totally you could be cutting edge oh yeah for once yeah no, actually, speaking of cutting edge. Did you like that tie-in? That was a really good tie-in. Did you do that on purpose? Uh, it was happening, and I was like, this is serendipitous. Aw. There is this... It's an old craft, but people are just discovering it now. I haven't really researched the origins because the name of it is confusing to the internet because it's kind of new, which is hammer dyeing. Yes. And we'll explain what those means. That it, it, it really means hammer dying. Um, they just don't make sense together, typically. <laughs> smite uh, in, uh, dying. Yeah, smite, smite uh, color changing. By dint changing. of strength. By dint of strength. Color morphing onto fabric. Yes. So what is this brave new world you yeah, speak of? Yeah, so I don't I don't know what the origins of it. I, I see someplace that maybe it's Japanese art that they started a, a while ago. Okay. I haven't tracked that down yet. Honestly, though, if anybody's doing some kind of botanical dyeing, I feel like this, step. this is a natural step. It really is a natural step. So... What it is. I don't know what the origins are, but what it is, is football. <laughs> No. What it was. What it was, was football. What it is, is that you have your fabrics and you put your dye flowers, botanicals that you use for other plant dyeing, whatever yep. works for that will work for this. And you lay it on your fabric. You lay another piece of fabric over the plant. Yep. And you thoroughly smite it with a hammer. And so you push the pigment you, into the you fabric. push the pigment into it, and it leaves. If you do it right, it leaves very distinct veins and color variations, and it will look exactly like the flower or leaf that you put on. Yeah, it it's amazing how it looks 
printed, like digitally printed almost. Yes. Yeah, from a distance, it, it looks like somebody digitally, digit, digitally. It, from a distance, it looks like someone printed it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really fascinating. And also what's really cool about it is after you hit it, you see, like, the color's gone from it and, like... Oh, really? I didn't like know on, that. On so some it, of them, you so do see you that the color's see... gone from the leaf and you kind of, like, pull off, like, what remains of it. Yeah. And, like, kind of like a skeleton of a leaf. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And because you've mordanted the fabric, it clings to the fabric. So let's get into that because... I am a uh, salty sailor dog. Again. Again. Ooh, I am a salty sailor dog. Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I'm a little bit salty because this has been blowing up on Instagram. Yes. Right? And they're selling courses. What I have found on Instagram is people selling courses for how to do it. Oh. So they have like a 30 second clip. That doesn't give you a ton of information, but like, ta-da! Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, flower shirt or flower fabric hammer, ta-da. Yeah. And, I mean, they'll give you little tips and tricks if you follow them and, like, really look for their stuff, right? Okay. So there's some value there, but the idea is that you buy their course and they teach you how to do it. The modern family has time to burn. We all take lessons. We try to learn the latest new things. We never do things. We just take lessons. Or you buy the fabric from them and then you can do the the hammer dyeing. Yeah. So what is not widely available is the finished product for people to buy. As far as I've been able to search, no one is selling things labeled hammer dyed, da 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 tea towel, shirt, tablecloth, funny what, looking what, hat, what have you. And so I find that very interesting. And I was looking at that. And I'm like, okay, well, this fits into what we're doing. We already know how to do this, so let's give it a shot because nobody's doing this. And so we did, and it's turned out wonderfully, but selling, like going to craft fairs with these, it really draws people in, but right away they're like, oh, I've seen that on Instagram, so how do you do it? And I run through the whole process, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, so you just beat the bleep out of flowers onto this shirt, and you're done. I've always wanted to do that. You know, always, I, I wanna, always for the past six always, months. Exactly. I, I, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I'm going to do that. And then they walk away. And I know they're not going to do it. Or if they do it, they're probably not going to be successful. Because they may be disappointed. They may results. be disappointed. And recently, I found a tutorial on someone I watch for sewing patterns. And she tried it. And she's like, yeah, I think you're supposed to pre-treat it with something called alum and that she's Australian. So that she said it differently than I Oh, am. okay. Yeah, that, I wasn't making fun of, that, that was an accent detail. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I was like, like, I thought you were making fun of her. No, I kind of am later. <laughs> but anyway, she was saying Just I, wait. Just wait. But not for that. I was, you know, I couldn't find it in any drugstore or any, you know, any place 
around here. So I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to use a chemical fastener for other dyes and use that for that. And I'm like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So she did it and she did get a beautiful print. And then she put the chemical fixative on it and all the color washed out. Aww. Like it was so pale. You could barely tell she did anything. And so then she did it again and then she's like, well, I'm just not going to wash it. Okay. And it, it, you know, stayed there. And so I think that's the pitfall that a lot of people are going to fall into. Because you got to understand the chemistry that's taking place. Yes. So how you actually need to hammer dye is, and there is some technique later on when you get to the flower point, but with all... So it's not just hitting the bleep out of the it's flower? It's not just hitting the bleep out of the flower. Even when you get to the hammer part of okay. it. But it's fascinating to me, you know, we talk about like good foundations and like when I crochet a basket, the foundation of the basket takes the longest. You know, you, you were, were construction. I'm sure those months of getting the, you know, well, dug yeah. out, like, I mean, it's not like what you're doing per se, cause you're, but yeah. like once the foundation's done, you come in more, but it can take a long time. Well, also it. It just sets you up for success. If you if you if you mess up a portion on the foundation, it'll it'll nag you through the whole construction pro mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. So it, it everybody will be affected by it later on. Exactly. So, and it, it's a lot of stuff that you're not going to see. And the more you try different crafts, or the more you look for it, or like the more you're just living. You see these foundations around you that are really annoying to do, but they make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And I would say that mordantine your cloth makes all the difference. And it's a really silly process because you put a white powder into water, heat it to the right temperature, and you put white cloth in. And after an hour in, you know, the heat and then overnight sitting in the bath, you're left with a white piece of cloth. Yeah. And yet it's completely transformed. And that's another fascinating thing to think about. Yeah. Like how you can look exactly the same and be completely transformed. transformed. And so with Mordantine, there are resources for how much to put in like you there's formulas for how much weight of fabric your, your, and then you need to have this much your to batch that size your temperature mom was telling me about like even it's temperature sensitive and... oh hugely because if it gets too hot then you're damaging the fibers of the cloth but if it's too cool then it's not getting into it yeah and also like maintaining that heat because so you have to bring it up to temperature with the cloth in there okay and so it takes constant monitoring. And, it does take yeah. constant mon monitoring because it, it's it's not really active time as much, but like you do have to make sure like oh every twenty minutes or so ever like you have to check that your temperature's mm -hmm. at the right spot. That is is tricky too. Like is is that detail? Yeah. Right, and then you have to like mix. You know, you want to detail stir. and patience. Yeah, which is why I don't do it. I ship it off to my mother. She's really good at it. <laughs> So there's, there's formulas online so that you can find. I would highly recommend the resource botanicalcolors.com. 
And that's where you can buy the alum. Okay. So you are not going to find alum in your grocery store. Alum is a natural mineral in the ground, but unless you're a chemist and unless you're eco-dying, you're not going to be using it. So it's not going to be in Michael's. It's not going to be in a craft store. Right. I've heard you can, in the right uh, formulation, you can use it to make uh, fabric fire resistant, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know which alum, though? No, it was in Dangerous Books for Boys, and it was like one paragraph. Oh, you should dig that out if you still have that book. Yeah. And that's another complication, is that there is aluminum sulfate and aluminum acetate. Alum is just short for aluminum. Yeah, yeah. And aluminum acetate is better for cotton. Okay. It's more expensive. There's some, I don't know, it's not irony, but it's, it's, uh, there, there's a, uh, poetic justice, poetic justice, maybe I'll say it. And then you can tell me what it actually is, but the expensive alum, which is alum acetate goes on the cheap fabric cotton and the cheap one, alum potassium sulfate goes on the expensive fabric silk. So it it is like this. This, uh, it's, it's like you almost, can't win it's, for it, losing. It's fabric karma. It is it's fabric karma. It's like you're doomed no matter what. Uh, so, yeah, like that. And that's the thing, too. Like, for a while, we were just using the potassium sulfate uh, for everything. And then doing further research and, and such. Like, we're like, no, we should really switch over. And definitely the colors are much more vibrant. Okay. On cotton. And then gotcha. the potassium sulfate works really well for the silk. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they're different. They're different uh, fibers. They're, it makes yeah. sense that they chemically would react differently. Exactly. They're made from very different things. Yeah. You can use soy milk. There's a soy okay. mordant. Uh, we haven't had the best success with it. It's a lot of work because you get the soybeans and you have to like boil them and strain them and do the things. People just, some people just do it straight from the grocery store, but that's not ideal because it's not as strong as when you're adding your own soybeans. Got you. So it's cheap and you can do it, but we haven't found that the colors are quite as vibrant. Okay. Some people like it better because they're like, oh, it's no chemicals whatsoever. I'm like, it's in the earth. You mine it. It goes back into the earth. It's fine. (laughs) But some people like to have, like, the soybean. They feel more comfortable with it. But the chemicals that we use can go through the water system. You can dump it on your plants. It's fine. Right. Um, you just don't want to get it in your lungs. So you just want to be careful that you're not... Inhaling. Inhaling it. Which is any fine powder, honestly. <laughs> so... Yeah. And that's the thing. And it takes a lot of time because after we heat it, we let it sit overnight. Yep. So it cools down with the fabric in it, and it, it you know has that time to absorb, which helps with absorbing evenly as well, because if you can get spottiness in gotcha. dyes overall, but like yep. how like if you're if you're more into spotty, then your dye is going to be spotty as yeah, well. So you can't rush that step. Yes. And then after that, we make a little sachet of wheat bran. Yeah. Uh, the thing that you put in your muffins. 
Gotcha. If you're trying to be yeah. healthy, yeah. same thing. Super cheap. Oh yeah, I remember Mom's brand muffins. They're good. Saturday morning with a bunch of butter on there. Butter and hot. oh, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't even mind the raisins in those, and I was never a raisin kid. Yeah. But they were good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Kind of in, well, I mean, they kind of turn into lead bricks. Once they cool down. Yeah. Yeah. But straight from the oven with butter on it, mmm, so good. And so they get to go in a little swim, swimmy swim, with the uh, wheat bran. What's the wheat bran doing? So that's another mordant. And so it's kind of On like... On top of the other mordant? It's, it's kind of like a sealant, extra oomph thing for colors to be extra vibrant. Okay. Uh, and it's the secret sauce. Kind it's of kind of a secret sauce. I, I don't like, we didn't start with doing it. I think it's one of those things that it helps with the longevity of the alum and like just helps overall with the color stay longer. Your, your color fastness that it doesn't wash out as quickly. It's, it's going that extra mile kind of thing. Yeah. We didn't start by doing it. And if you don't do it, you'll have good results still. Okay. Uh, but it, it is that extra mile, and it it does it does seem to make a difference. Okay. It's subtle. And this is the thing when I'm ever talking about plant dyeing is I always regret that I'm not a scientist because a real scientist would have little strips of cloth and try it, like, both ways, like, with the same dye and, like, yeah. try it with this and try it with that, where we just kind of do it, and we're like, yeah, from my memory, it looks better. Now, you guys do journal, right? We do journal, yeah. So that 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 must be helpful. Yes, yeah. What previous batches were like, and and I think the reason you're not more scientific about it is because the it's it's the time and and, mm-hmm. and and the cost because you only have so many pots and you have only so many burners and you have only so many times to let something sit under overnight and so exactly. on. Exactly, and every it, fabric is different. So like we have t-shirts and then we have this cotton. Which is radically different to this fabric over here. And like think, the tea towels is yeah. very different. And I think that's the ingrained knowledge that you are gaining while you're discovering this craft that's really been long dead. Like mm-hmm. plant dyeing was around long before artificial dyeing. This is the way people used it's, to color their clothes way It's back. been around longer than we've had synthetic dyes. Yes. It's, people have been yeah. using plants to dye. Plants, bugs, yeah. whatever. Earth, like dirt. Mm-hmm. They've been using that longer to die than we've been using th- synthetics. Yeah, and so, but it's now you have to do the the hard work of rediscovering it, and there's not a lot of people you can go to and talk to and say, "Oh yeah, you know, I've done this for the last fifty years, and mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, this works great in this situation, but then you gotta be careful about this." And but that's that's a craft, right? And then mm-hmm. it's I think it's really fun because a lot of times it, it's it's really easy to you can it feels a little bit like the world feels a little bit like you're you're a young alexander and you're 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 mad at the world that there are no more worlds left to conquer Mm. but here's here's another world to conquer yes or rediscover and reconquer yeah and maybe that's that's kind of hopeful because you know it has been done but it's also really frustrating because you're going to be making mistakes that really you shouldn't be making because you should be progressing faster because other people have gone before you. 
Mm. But because that knowledge was lost, lost, you have to rediscover it. Yeah. And I think like that's why, you know, books are such a great thing. Like if you're yeah. able to sit down and read and find old mm-hmm. manuscripts, that would be very beneficial. Yeah. There's not that many, obviously. No. And it's it's sometimes hard with old books, old text on mm-hmm. crafts because it's kind of like and you judge it with your eye or you, you know, test yeah. the temperature with your finger. It's like when we write finger. recipes. It was like, cook it till it's done. Yes. What does that mean? Yeah. And so they would kind of assume this, like, it was kind of a reminder. Like, you would have been yeah. taught this skill yeah. or you would have been already doing it. And then you would have been like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. Oh, yeah, I get you. But that's what's really cool about, I always forget what they're called. Living uh, archaeologists. They're kind of like... like yeah, they recreate what they're reading in the books of that period. So yeah. it's a primary source, and they're like, oh, this is how they made cheese in medieval times, right? Yeah. This is, we found a medieval recipe. And so they try to recreate it, and so they learn about what was assumed knowledge. Because if right. you can figure out what was assumed knowledge, you learn a lot about the people. Right. I always thought that was such a super cool job. It is funny, job. but they, they run into such such funny problems, right? Because like they'll try to make beer from an old recipe. And like because there's so much assumed knowledge, mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out the first time they do it. No. And of course, what do they actually mean by these measurements? And did they... Yeah, and are the grains even the same? Like, yeah. you know, their barley and our barley, is it even the same barley? Well, so the... then you have to go back, you have to go to the plant archaeologist and say, can I have some... Uh, you know, five thousand year old barley. Barley, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, he's like, sure. Yeah. Oats and beans and barley grow. Oats and beans and barley grow. You or I or anyone know how oats and beans and barley grow. But like, just think about with your discovering how to make kombucha. There's so many little things. Like, it doesn't say in the recipe keep it at above seventy five degrees, mm-hmm. and everybody's wondering why it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like this lost mystery, this lost technology. Like, well, you got to experiment then to find out yeah experiment why it's... with temperatures and all of that so it's the same thing with dying you gotta mm-hmm. go down this thing and and you're like a scientist slash explorer yeah right? because yeah definitely you are like doing little experiments but they're not so well constructed where you only have one variable because if you only had one variable you wouldn't progress very quickly yes yep i don't know what it was what do i what was i doing Oh, I was, I, I don't know if it was Hammerdine or something else where I was doing something I had never done before or like it was building off of something mm-hmm. I knew. And I was laughing at myself because I think maybe I was giving off the, the air of maybe being a little bit frustrated or a little bit like intense. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, laughing to myself, like I thrive on doing new things. Yes. Like, it really... Like, I have to do it every once in a while. Yeah. Where I just throw myself into something so new. And so difficult. And so difficult. And figuring out all the problems. It okay. makes me feel really good. I don't know. It's really weird. Well, Because uh, I'm like... It's like I, it's stressful. But it's yeah. a good stress. Well, apparently, they, they've done studies on this. And I don't know who they are and, and what kind of studies and whatnot. But apparently one of the most addictive feelings in the world, this, this is what they, they craft in video games, is to be mildly irked. Yes. Is that, that like you can almost figure it out but not quite. Mm-hmm. And they have to very carefully 
craft uh, levels in in, um, video games to be just hard enough. Yes. If it's too easy, people won't play it. It's true. Yeah, and then but if it's too hard and it takes too long to figure out the problem, yeah, then or you're not making progress on the problem. Yeah, you're not getting close to mm-hmm. that. I feel like that's all my always my problem with video games though is like it gets too hard and I'm just like, bah, it's not worth my time to figure this right. out. But but I have that definitely with with making things like other other projects. Every time I do a new sewing project, it's very irksome. Yeah. So that is definitely anytime I need that feeling, I go straight to the sewing machine because I'm like, you are going to thoroughly irk me. <laughs> you task me. He tasks me so. But I think that's funny. Do you think that's partly because with sewing, it's just you also have this machine that you have to be the master of as well? And um, I have such... All my machines are broken. And then I still do it anyways, even though all my machines are broken. Ain't no use driving. Ain't no use joking. Everything is broken. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, and that's what I don't I don't like about sewing. Is it feels like there's constantly something going wrong with the machine. It reminds me of welding. It's yes. Yes. Cause like I would watch you weld and you spent more time fiddling with the dang machine than actually laying down beads. And like I like I get very, very confused with right size together and flipping it out and stuff like that. But I kind of like that struggle. Like I kind of, I don't mind when I sew things wrong and then I flip it out and I'm like, oh, that was the wrong way because then my brain's like, okay, now I know. Let's make it, you know, make it make sense. I like that part, but you know, your your thread, you know, snaps and so is not working. And then you finally get it threaded again and you start sewing and then your bobbin runs out. And then it starts skipping stitches for no apparent reason. So you back, go back over and then it gives a big like like thread vomit on the back of it. But you didn't know that. So you just kept going. And then you flip it over and there's just like a huge tangled web of, of thread. <clears throat> yeah. Someday we'll do a podcast about sewing. I've... And how salty Megan is about that. I love having sewn. You hate sewing. I hate sewing. Like, when it goes well, I'm like, oh, look at this. But, like, I made drawstring bags. And, you know, someone's like, oh, it takes 10 minutes. And I'm like, it actually took me about 15 minutes. But my machine, when it sews for a while, it gets worse and worse. It gets tired. It gets really tired. So the first one went well. And I was like, yes, I know how to do this. And then, like, four in, just, like, everyone was an issue, like, at some step of the process. And I made I 11 of fu- them. I made 11 of them. Okay. In- the time didn't get quicker like it's supposed to. It got longer and longer. It's interesting how machines are like that, though, because they, the enemy of machines is heat. Yeah. And, and friction. I probably shouldn't have been sewing outside. Yeah, that probably didn't help. <laughs> it wasn't that hot outside. Right. But I was like, oh, it's so idyllic. It's so splendid. Let me be out here. And then I was like, my, I'm like, I'm my machine. And then I had allergies last night. That's so funny. You know? And because Michelle was saying, because she was there too. Oh, and yeah. she was like, outside, it was so wonderful. Such a perfect day. And then every time the wind would come in, your hammer dying pattern would get thrown <laughs> off. Yes. And you're like. Rrr, rrr. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're trying to have fun out in, 
outside. Out in nature. We're like, we're doing nature things with nature. And then it's <laughs> And then nature fights back. Yeah. Uh, but back to Hammer dying. I don't know if the Mordentine scared y'all off. But I think it's something to be aware of. That if you want it to be something that you can wash. And you want the colors to be really vibrant. You are going to have to, to mordant. You're going to have to scour before you mordant. But let's get to the actual hammering and what plants would be good for that. Like I said earlier, any plant that you can plant dye with, that works good for that. But I will say the you want a good moisture level, not too moist and not too dry. Oh. So, for example, yarrow is too dry. Or yarrow, as I like to say. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yarrow is too dry. And so it doesn't really leave a print. Okay. And that's another key point is it's got to be a fresh flower because otherwise it's not going to have the moisture. the moisture to actually die. Uh, whereas when or you... Live. live free. Die well. <laughs> Whereas when you have dried flowers, you can, we, we use dried flowers all the time, but you have to use the steam method or you have to make a dye vat. Because you're, it's interesting that you say that, but those process, those processes, they add moisture back to the flower and basically yeah. makes all the pigment soluble again. I, I guess really what you're trying to do is you're, you're, the pigments are all water-soluble pigments. Yeah. Like, and then you're trying to find some way to make them color fast, so you're, yeah. you're probably trying to mechanically bind them to the fabric in some way. Exactly. That's what mordant means, is to bite. Okay, so that... Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's starting to make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah hopefully, That's eventually. Not, you're not crazy. Oh, much. What? Okay. <laughs> uh, so ones that work well is coreopsis. Marigolds are a lot of fun. Uh, cutting... You want to cut the petals off of the marigold because otherwise it'll be a big splat. Okay. Uh, but placing them down, they look a little bit like confetti and they hammer really easily. And that's another thing you're going to find is that some plants work well, but you're going to be putting a lot more muscle and effort. Like mint. Really cute, works really well, but you're going to be smacking that piece of mint for a long time. Okay, I would not have thought that. Whereas with parsley... If it's freshly picked, it will transfer right away. Just look at it. Yeah. Okay. It's like, ah, okay, fine. I guess it's the wimpy herb of all the herbs. It is a very wimpy herb. <laughs> I've grown to really like it, though. I actually really appreciate... The soft, greeny herbaceousness? Yeah. It's a very pleasant green taste. Yeah. Pleasant, boring, you know. But like when you mix it with other things, is it like also like adds a fluff factor? Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's kind of like that friend <laughs> you invite to the party who's doesn't have a whole lot of interesting things to say, but they're you know they, they go well with the abrasive characters. Yeah, they kind of just kind of smooth everything out, and it's like you have vinegar, you have chili peppers, you know, you have. Keepers, and they're just kind of like they're just kind of happy to be there that yeah. and invited because nobody else invites them. And curly parsley is gross though. 
Like, flat leaf is, is good. I like flat I've leaf. I've heard that flat leaf is the only civilized way to eat parsley. I agree. Curly is disgusting. Why do you find it so disgusting? It's very bitter. See, like, in like an almost like acrid, like off, like bad taste. Bad bitter. Bad bitter. Like, not, not, not like collard green bitter or whatever. Okay. But like a bad bitter. And it's I'm, a weird texture too. It's like gritty, hard. It's been a long time since I've had it, but I don't remember hating it quite that much. I think I was scarred because they put it like a little sprig on the side of my plate back in the early 2000s when they did that. And I, oh, and right. I ate it and I was like, that was nasty. Well, that's not as bad as like the, them doing the sprig of rosemary, like a little tree. <laughs> I know. Like, Can you imagine are... if somebody actually ate that? Yeah. Oh, the, oh their the, palate the... would be blown out. Yeah. If you put something on somebody's plate, it should be edible. I agree. Well, not only edible, but it should add to the dish. Yes. You know, because like you the should little, expect them to eat it. The floppy sprig of mint sticking out of your chocolate mousse. I'm like, <laughs> does anybody want to eat that? No. no. <laughs> Actually, rosemary is another uh, one that goes well for for plant dyeing. Okay. Uh, tarragon, dill. I had a lot of success with dill flowers. Dill actually looks really nice. Yeah, it turned out super well. It and looks almost like those fireworks, like the, the like, yes, <sighs> the willow. Ones? Yeah, well, just like no, it just looks like an exploding firework. What's it the comes name? Out of the middle. Yeah, the Spider. boring one. Yeah, that everybody does. Yeah, yeah, but but it's it cool. fills in the gaps and it like it looks cool. It does, mm-hmm. especially as a plant dye. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, we have to <laughs> as, a, as a plant is really cool. Yeah, uh, delphinium work really well. Uh, echinacea petals actually turn out looking like leaves. That's what these are here, bub. The long ones are this actually one? petals. Yep. Okay. And then you have these sunflower things, and they just actually turn out delightful. Yes. So sunflowers have worked really well, and let's and they're the small variety of sunflower, small bushy <laughs> what. Just, just, it's very good that you, you, you clarified that. Cause I just started envisioning, we have these Goliath size sunflowers that my wife and I are, are growing very successfully, I might say. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the, it's nine foot tall and the head is so huge. It's, it's the size of a dinner plate. But it's heavy. It's so heavy now that it doesn't track the sun anymore. It just kind of like, it's just there. And it's kind of like facing the ground now. It's like, <laughs> His it's head is held huge. in shame. It's like, it's, it's, the circumference is as big as a, a dinner plate, but it's... It, of, the, it's of the seeds, not the petals? Not the petals, just the seeds. Yeah. And, it, and it's so thick and massive. It's It's amazing. Wow. So that would be really fun to try the petals. I would not use the, the whole, whole thing. Yeah, I don't. But actually, I found something out about sunflowers. It's like actually each seed thing yeah. is its own flower. So that, that one head is actually like a hundred flowers technically because they have the, the stamen and the pistolas oh. individually. And the, the the petals of sunflowers are technically like bracolias or something like that. Interesting. They're not technical. They're not true petals. Huh. Yeah. The more you learn. Yeah. <laughs> There's your useless fact for the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about technique. And that's the surprising thing is that you, there is technique to it. Mm-hmm. People said hit gently. You have to hit more severely than that. 
is actually rather tiring. Okay, so it's like... So it is a medium... It's like hitting a child. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I kid, I kid. I s- no, don't. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble now. What am I going to do with you? You're in trouble. I'm the one who said it. You're the one who goes, no, we don't. I know, but I have the great moral dilemma of do I keep it in for the sake of comedy or do I edit it out for for societies? Honestly, um, if people don't understand what a, a jocular joke is... <laughs> a jocular joke. <laughs> if they don't see true comedic genius when it presents itself... That's true. They, their offense is, is on themselves. On their own heads, be it. Mm-hmm. Why does offense sound like offense? Like, are you on the fence when you take a fence? I think that if you're stuck on the fence, you can't decide whether you're offended or not. That didn't help. No? No. Okay. (laughs) I don't think so. Did it? Help me. I don't know how else... (laughs) That was deep. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know how else to say in a a clear way how hard to hit the pedals. If you you said not... Like, I want to say something that our audience can relate to. Okay, what about a schnitzel? A schnitzel? Yeah, when you have That's a pork schnitzel. That's pretty firm. I think you hit a schnitzel a little harder than a kid a lot of times. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're pretty aggressive with your schnitzel. I am, yeah. So, like, see... It, I, it, is, it is difficult. So it's between kid and schnitzel. Yeah, I think saying. so. But also, I would recommend a lighter hammer. Like, actually, a dinky hammer is better... Uh, because you won't have as much weight behind it, and also you'll have a more mobility and like a like deafness. A, yeah, instead of like a broadsword, you have a fencing point. Rapier. What? No, what's the fencing thing? A point? A, a fencing? Fencing? Sticky yeah, thing? A rapier. It's not got a rapier. Is it not? <laughs> I thought that was a short little pokey thing. No, Google it. Okay, fine. I thought it was a fencing. Lance? No. no. Foil. A fencing foil. Foiled again. What? But a rapier is a, a type of sword that they would fence with. No. Well, you have that in your little hand, and then you do the cross thingy. No. It's not a little sword. It's a longer sword. No. Rapier is a short sword. A thin, light, sharp, pointed sword used for thrusting. Okay, maybe you're right. Thank you. It doesn't Does it happen often. Fi- what does it? Well, they're saying that this is that looks like a, yeah. This is what they're saying. Is it? Yeah. It kind of looks like a foil, but I think it's thicker, maybe. No, a fencing foil is more for practice, whereas rapier was what they actually used to fight with. Is it heavier? It's a little bit heavier. Okay. In 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 the Shakespeare Steeler, they're always fencing with rapiers. Oh. That is how I know from a made up thing about Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I know. Learn yeah. my history. Yep. In a kid's book. Yes. And it must be true. <laughs> well it, it it turned out to be true. Yes. So see well, I feel like so the thank you foil author came... for doing due diligence on your timely yeah. you know uh maybe the fencing foil came in later as it became more of a sport. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing like it uh, the fencing raper wasn't well like 
the, sorry, the fencing foil isn't what you'd usually use in battle, right? Cause right, because it's, it's so bendy. Yeah. Like, book. Exactly. <laughs> Although, in Hamlet, it doesn't go very well. That's true. They, they took the... Maybe those were took, rapiers, though, maybe, because they... No, those were, those were foils. They, yeah, because they, they, the they gentlemanly. took the... Yeah. yeah. No, I, it's not that they couldn't kill somebody. It's just, I think, in battle, like, when you're facing somebody who has a bigger sword and they're just cleaving you. Yeah. Swathing. Yeah, path. Song of Roland style. Yes, through the backbone cleft. <laughs> and split asunder. <laughs> uh, so I would recommend a smaller hammer. Okay. back on the topic. Uh, Shazam, we did it again. What? And you want to assess what you're dealing with. Okay. So approach but, approach the, the flower and assess. Exactly. Is it one that has a thick center, meaning like it has like gushy parts? Is it? <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Like a sunflower though. Like, or like something very distinct in the middle, like a coreopsis, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're using, and you're not taking them off the pedal, but you want to also get the center, what I would recommend is actually f- tapping very lightly, not trying to print it in, tapping very lightly on the center so that it kind of flattens and starts to adhere, but not actually print. Okay. And then ham- hammering fully the petals around it. And getting that a clear demarcation. And then just tap on the centers until you can see the mark coming through enough. Okay. But if you just go ham on the center and work your way out, it's just going to be like a big squash. Like it's just like smush. It'll just kind of open up and it won't look like the flower anymore. Exactly. There was one kind of coreopsis that was a a fluffier one. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it has more moisture than the other coreopsis in it. And I just kind of like, poop, did that. And it went, <laughs> It just, goosh. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, maybe we won't hit that one that hard again. And with that one, what was really fun is you just actually tap the center. And so it made like a little fluffy ring and then it had a little white center. Oh, okay. So you can have fun deciding like where you hit. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I, I think most people want to have a clear petal. Mm-hmm. And then you can have fun with the center, whether you leave it or not. Some people pull off all the petals and then place it down. I've seen some people even use washi tape to keep it together. Washi tape? It's yeah. It's not a it's not a very sticky tape. Like it's a painter's tape almost. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's like very thin and it's like okay. Um, so washi tape can work for that. I find just laying it down if the wind is not against you. Yeah. It's usually fine. And then laying a piece of cloth over it. And we try to be smart here at Ducks Never Waver some of the time. And so when we're making t-shirts, we're also making another product. Okay. So that design, because the design will go on both ways. Um, when it's face down onto a t-shirt, let's say, the 
the print is going to be the strongest there. Okay. But you will get a very good print on the like, inverse side. On the reverse side. Interesting fact about leaves, and is I'm not very comfortable with leaf anatomy anymore. <laughs> I actually used to be quite good at it when I was taking biology, and then I promptly forgot <laughs> yeah. everything. Like everybody else. Besides the crawfish have ganglia and not a brain. Yeah. Like, that's basically the only thing I remember for biology. <laughs> Worms also only have ganglia. Oh, okay. So I guess crawfish are just bugs. Is yes. That... Yes. You would think that like the dark leafy side that the sun is hitting has the most color. But you actually want to lay it down on your fabric, the opposite side. The underside. The underside where all the veins are. Okay. And that, for most herbs or most leaves, gives the best print. That's interesting, but that makes some, like, the leaf structure is different on the top versus the underside. Checking the leaf structure? <laughs> leaf structure has been checked, and I thank you. <laughs> I think it's time to check the cell structure. Jess, that's uh, checking the cell structure. Checking the cell structure. Ah, checking the cell structure. Checking, checking the cell checking structure. The structure of the cells checking. to be checked. Checking, yes. checking the cell structure. 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 And now the cell structure has been checked. Thank you so much. The the solar panel. Part, solar yeah is this uh, like a solar panel so the solar panel part of the leaf is on the top side obviously but it's exchange of oxygen and co2 is on the underside so you have more open pores on the underside of the leaf it's the open pores and that's what i'm thinking yeah it pours forth the dye oh that's good thank you that's good so yeah like with the parsley and such like that that really works well so, yeah, we lay it like either tea towels or I made little drawstring bags. And those fabrics as well have been mordanted. Mm -hmm. So then you get double duty because it is a time consuming and tiring craft. Yeah. Just warning you, it is fun. But if you're trying to completely cover a t-shirt, it's going to take some time because laying them down, especially if you want to do a, a pattern, like not mm -hmm. just haphazard. But some sort of pattern, it's gonna take you some time. Would this be a good craft to do as like a class or a group setting? Do you think because like you can you can all have everybody hammering away, kind of nicely? Yes, I will. I will warn you though, it is very loud. Right, you're gonna be focused on on that. Not so talking. you're not gonna be able to talk. It's not something like... Hey, Margie, how's it going? <laughs> God! Yeah, it's very loud. Okay. You're not really gonna... I mean, it's fun to do outside. Okay. Because um, it's less a cacophony of noise. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Saturday morning um, going to the Home Depot. Mm. And mm -hmm. all the kids are there making their little craft thing on the on the sheets of plywood laid on five gallon buckets yeah and all they're doing is hammering even though like there's only one step that required hammering <laughs> but everybody's going because that's the best part yeah and this is something you can do with kids I, okay i would say older yeah because they got to be able to swing a hammer and not get their fingers pinched and not you yeah. know 
you know, have the enough strength to actually finish their project. Again, aim small if you're doing it with kids because yeah. I think it's going to be more tiring than you think. Yeah. Or at least help them out. Uh, depends on the kid. Like, yeah. you you would have been totally fine. Oh, yeah. Like, eight-year-old you, you would be there all day. Yeah. Eight-year-old me, I think I would get halfway and I would be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of this silliness. Enough of this silliness. I'll tell you where to put the plants, Edwin, and I'll, yeah, I'll that, supervise. Yeah. No, that always worked well. Um, <laughs> even to this day. Yep. But, so one little note is you put a piece of wood underneath everything. Yes. So you have a, yes. a firm backstop. You need to have a, a really firm backstop. You can't do it on, like, a carpet. You can't, I wouldn't do it on your floor or your table because you will ding, you will dent it. Yeah. So get a, like a thick, I don't know how thick our boards are. Three quarters of an inch. Three quarters of an inch. So I would aim for about that. Mm-hmm. I was, larger is better, but you can do it with a small piece. Larger is nice because you can lay out more petals at one time and then lay your piece of fabric over top of it and just hit, you know, go, go, go. Okay. Makes it a little bit faster. Okay. Instead of like one move, one move, yeah. one move. Also, we decided to just print one side at a time for mo the majority of what we've done. So we put parchment paper in between the t-shirt layers inside well, of the t-shirt. Inside of the t-shirt. Yeah, the front and the back and, and where your body goes. You put the, <laughs> yeah. You could just have somebody wear it while you smack yeah. it off. Yeah. That, that's actually really hilarious. <laughs> It wouldn't work very well, but it would be really good, like, torture. <laughs> like, here, hold this. It'd be good, actually, if a kid was wearing it, because then it'd really get you in just the right force to... <laughs> no! No! <laughs> like, how hard am I supposed to hit this? Oh, yeah, right, Okay. <laughs> instinctively know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's perfect every time. It's foolproof. Every, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so, but yeah, so we put parchment underneath. But what you could also do, and it's a little bit trickier if you're trying to go for a very organized pattern. Mm -hmm. They're organized. I know it. They don't plot. They don't scheme. And they are not organized. But if you're fine with it being more helter skelter, kind of landing where it decides to land, mm -hmm. you can turn your shirt inside out, put the dye product in between, yeah, and then hammer it, and then it'll transfer to both sides. And then you'll have a mirrored image pattern. Yes, and that's and the thing that we didn't really want to do because we're like, we gotta do something different on the back. Right. So, but <laughs> caveat to doing that is there is probably for you going to be some smearing when you're all done you got your your pattern done and you pick off as much of the plant matter as you can but it's been smushed on there quite okay. quite thoroughly and so some of them are, are harder to get up than others and then you then you wash it like and i would the first time we didn't do it and we had a lot of smearing i would recommend getting a bucket of just tap water and rinsing it a bit and then putting it in the washer machine. Okay. Uh, you can do soap or no soap. It doesn't really matter. But often there will be some smearing because there will be dye that couldn't soak in on the top of the surface. Okay. 
you'll you may end up unless you completely cover your t-shirt you might have some noticeable spots and then you can decide to leave it if it seems like oh it's, it's fine sometimes we do leave it but a lot of times on the back we we go back to the back Marty you've got to come back with me where back to the future and we'll fix up anything that's smeared onto the back. Also, while you're doing it, you get plants kind of mixed up and like you peel them off and then they end up under your board and then you're going to get a smear there. It's hard to be completely neat. You can't because it, it just sticks everywhere. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Uh, that was another nice thing about doing it outside, but it still is the same issue of plants going everywhere. And because they're dye plants, as soon as it sticks to it, and because your your fabric's been mordanted, it's it, going to stay on there. Yeah. So that's a good thing, but you might end up with a little bit of smears. Not where you hammer it. Like, I yeah. haven't noticed that shifting. Right. But it's just the residual dye that's sitting on top of it. If there's, like, a little piece of the petal left in the washing machine, it gets, like, Rubbed up against Rubbed it. up against something. And there's just a happy little accident. Exactly. Just like Bob Ross. Mm -hmm. But the f fun thing and why I would encourage you to buy one of our t-shirts is you can keep adding flowers to it. Once it's mordanted, you can just go ham any old time of the week. So we can go back, we wash, and we're like, oh, we want we want to fix up that smear. Or, oh, I really wanted to put a little bit more there than I did. And so you can go back, and you can add more to it. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Really. Mm -hmm. You could almost like just sell a, a, a mordanted T-shirt. That's what I'm considering, because we had so many people saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just not. You're going to watch it on Instagram and every time think that you can do it. And you're not going to do it. Well, I wanted to get back to that question. Is like, How do you, in a polite and upbuilding way, react to those kinds of comments? Because it, it can be when you've, just, you've worked so hard at discovering how to do this properly and you've done all the pitfalls and so on. Yeah. And when you hear somebody say that, it's, it's hard not to be a little snarky or... Mm -hmm disparaging but at the same time we are people who have this podcast to encourage people to go out and do these kinds of things yes yeah right so like yes that's exactly the response we want you to have but at the same time we also want to impart to you the the, the sagacity that, that it's harder than it looks yeah and i you pay me to do it because most likely you're not going to do it. Well, yeah. And, and like, that's or... the thing, too. Like I, if this sounds like, oh, this sounds really fun, and in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's a more approachable way to eco-dye. Yeah. And it's very interactive and it's very creative because it's like you're painting. Like, you can, you can just go crazy. Like, I had fun overlapping, mm -hmm. and so you get this really cool print because like they're all layering on top of each other yeah or you can have them very spread out you can have a very organized i've done stripes of them and i've yeah. done it all helter skelter so you have a lot of creative freedom that you don't get with the sprinkling on rolling right. doing that way no michelle loves doing it so like i mean that's, yeah. that's uh, it is exactly it's it's a very therapeutic way to i mean you can just imagine your husband's face over top of the flower that you're hitting and it it's 
stress release. That's the amount you should hit it. Oh, okay. That's husband, what it is. Like that, you, you love your husband. So no but you're lasting annoyed. damage. Yeah, okay. like not lasting, you know, ER damage. Okay. But you're annoyed at him. Okay. For making silly jokes about hitting kids. Yes. Okay. And yes. that's the appropriate that, I think that's the appropriate amount. So it's harder than hitting kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not by much. No. Okay. Gotcha. It's very cathartic. Gotcha. I mean, I will say you want to be careful that you don't... Pinch your fabric, like I run off my board, and that kind of damages the fabric a little bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I use the edge of my hammer, like especially with leaves, they can mm -hmm. be a little bit cantankerous. Mm -hmm. They don't really want to give up the pigment. And so you have to convince them. And sometimes using the edge of the hammer kind of breaks the cells harsher because you have more yep. of it. Yep. Angle. You have well, you have decreased surface area, so you have higher pressure. Yes, but you have to be careful with that that you don't start ripping your fabric. Like yeah, we had a very cheap cotton, and there's a couple times where it's like, oh, I'm pushing it. Yeah. Because it just wants to snap. T-shirts are very good quality cotton shirts. Yes. Yeah. They're oh, they're such good quality. Oh my goodness, they're so soft. What did I? And you know what's really funny, is that. Because uh, I always look for American-made, right, yeah. and 100% cotton and all those things, you know, good to your workers and good to the environment. And so I, I, I found Gildan, which is a fairly big brand, actually, but they're they're quite good. And the style of T-shirt that I got was the Gildan Hammer T-shirt. Oh. I want to talk about serendipity. Right there. There's a, there's a hammer right on the tag. Wow. And so it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. You can add to it as you go along. Uh, I don't know what else I was saying. Well, we like, were, we were, we were talking, talking about, about how do you react to those people though who oh, take it so... Oh, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. It's frustrating. I think where the frustration comes is when you spend a lot of time talking to them, explaining the whole process. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yep, yep, yep. And then you see them walk off and catch up with their friends and say, yeah, they just hit the bleep out of of flowers and then it goes on the t-shirt mm -hmm. i'm gonna do that i you didn't listen yeah that's what i think that's what annoys me it's like i'm fine teaching you how to do things and i really hope people do it i don't want to be the only person doing it that's not right. the point of me wanting but i i guess i want to see some wisdom in people thinking like I don't have the time. You want the I'm craft like, to grow. You want people to take it so yeah. that they they do it trying to do a good job. Yeah. In that. But also you you do it because you also care about them trying. You, you envision them doing it and they'll just be frustrated with it. Yeah. Right? Because they, they didn't get the fact that there's a lot of steps to it. Yeah. So then they're going to go out and do things haphazardly and then they're going to wash the t-shirt a couple times and it's not going to look very good anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people who, you know, are fine with that. Right. They're like, oh, that was a fun Saturday afternoon. For me, if I have to spend longer than an hour doing something, I want it to be good. Yeah. Like an hour is kind of my limit of, oh, it was fun, whatever. Yeah. Because I have zero patience. Well, you know, also, so like that also I think um, you realize what a lot of people feel is the time and... Time is limited. Yeah. And maybe this is... Like, I used to say, oh, I could make that a, 
I can make that myself. Yeah. Look at other people's things and say, I can make that myself. Yeah. I don't want to be hard on myself because I actually could. <laughs> right. Right. Because I looked, I don't like, I actually could do it. Meaning like, I saw like their crochet thing and I'm like, I could easily do that myself. Yeah. Also, it was coming from a point of view of, I'm broke. I don't have the money to do right. this. And maybe they are. Yeah. They that's the thing. Maybe, maybe. Maybe they are. They don't act like it. But maybe, you know, everybody decides how to spend their money differently. Yeah. And that's fine. If you don't want to, yeah, if you don't have the money for it, I, I have no with that, problem listen with Listen to that. this podcast. You just, the tons of helpful information just for free right here. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So we're not begrudging of that. But if you did feel in your heart of hearts that it was helpful and it was informative and entertaining, mm-hmm. there is conveniently below a donation bucket. Yes. And you, and you can make one-time donations. It doesn't yes. have to be all the time. You can just say, like, oh, hey, appreciate you. Exactly. You know, and that, then we would be like, hey, yo, appreciate you. Exactly. So it, it, it is pretty fun. It, it, it's like an endless loop of appreciation. And you're like, no, no, no. Appreciate you. you. No, 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 no. Appreciate you. No. Appreciate you. Mm-mm. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> See, like, how much fun was that? Yeah, that w- that could be you and us. Yeah. So really... It's a wild ride. Really, there's no reason for you not to throw a couple pesos yeah. in the bucket. Yeah, and I mean, if that's if that's too hard, you could share it. You know, share this. And you're like, oh, I want to get together with my friends and do this. Because that will make it happen more likely. Like, if you have, like... There is this thing about... Like, three, you know, three of your friends are like, actually, I want to do this. And if you send this and they're like, oh, okay, let's actually do this. Let's get our minds around it. Yeah. You know, and make this happen. And we'd be almost as appreciative of you sharing it as as a donation. Yeah. So, So it's a smaller circle of appreciate you. Like, it doesn't go around as many times. It doesn't, but it does go around. A lot. And it does have the opportunity of spreading the appreciation to other folks. Yes. and So, so people would appreciate you for spreading it, and we would appreciate you for spreading so it. So, it's like, isn't it kind of like those Venn diagrams where, like, the interlocking circles, and, it's, like, you're in the middle, where yes. you're getting all the appreciation? All of it. It's pretty cool. It's it a pretty is, sweet deal. It's a really sweet deal. You can only get that here. As far as I know. I know. I haven't seen it on the internet anywhere else. No. Yeah, and I've checked. <laughs> so. The Venn diagram of appreciation. It's It's, it's right here. It's right happening here. right now. So, in conclusion. Yeah. I would like to say that this is um, something that people need to see on our Etsy shop. Because it's, it's great to hear about us talking about this. But once you see it, you'll be amazed. You amaze me! It looks too, it looks hyper real. It looks hyper amazing. It does because all the texture and details of the plants come out. It's, it's so fun. And we also just are thankful that we have the opportunity to, to explore this craft and really, you know, have that, that frontier of discovery. Yeah. And that we, we have been, you know, set up to do this, right? It was a natural progression for us. Yes. And that's, I kind of want, I guess that would be my, my last thing to say maybe is, or one of the last things I'll say is I don't want to discourage anyone from trying this, but I will say it was easier for us to do it because of what we already were doing. And so 
just because you see an Instagram reel, just realize there's going to be a learning curve for yeah. you somewhere. Like there always is whenever you try something new. Yeah. But it's and that's not the a, fun of it. It is fun and it is good for you. And it's, it's like you said, it's really fun. But just realize it's not, you know, do it in an hour, be done. It's going to be a multi, multiple day process. Yes. From start to finish. Yeah. So, so just be like, just go in with like that, knowing that, open. like don't, yeah. cause I hate it when I think something's going to be super easy mm-hmm. and then it's like three weeks later, I'm still working at it because I'm like, ah, I didn't know I had to do that. And then I was waiting for that to come in and then I had to do that. And then I didn't realize that cause yeah, well, imagine, you see it and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. In, in concept, I understand it. Yes. In theory, but, you understand it perfectly, but nobody's like talked me through the steps to get to that yeah. point. And then as you get into it, you realize you're like, oh, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's yeah. the ball. Well, I mean, we just talked about the whole process. Like just to run down through it really quickly, you're going to need to have the pots and pans in order to treat your fabric with the mordant, which means you have to go buy the mordant. Yeah. And also to buy the fabric or find the fabric that you're yeah, going exactly. to use. Yeah, exactly. You have to scour good... the... Yeah, you have to scour the fabric before you even mordant it. Yeah. And then... After that, then you have to let that sit overnight Mm -hmm. and then you bring that out and then you have to have had all these flowers that you somehow managed to get a hold of. So that means you either were growing them all season or you went someplace to pick them. And you have to hammer it the same day that you pick it. Yes, it's very time sensitive that way. So like you... So you have to either pick up the the flowers fresh from the grocery store or you have to pick it and right away start hammering. Because even as the day went on when we were doing it, they started drying out, so we had to, like, pick new ones. Did you try, like, keeping a damp towel over Oh, that's actually a really good thing. Because I'm thinking, like, phyllo dough is the same thing. We did. We did. And actually, with certain flowers, you can get away with putting them in a bowl and a very damp paper towel and sticking them in the fridge. Okay. They will curl slightly, so yeah. they're going to be more of your folded flower or, like, your petals here and mm-hmm. there instead of, like, your whole flower. Yeah. But they will last well, like, overnight. I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't do longer than that. But right. if you put a very damp and make sure there's no air getting to it, like, they're yes. completely covered yeah. with paper towel. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's tip. a good cheat. So, like, if it is drying out, you can put a damp paper towel or any towel, but paper towel is nice. Because mm-hmm. you can reuse it afterwards, too. And yeah. It dries out, and then you just use it again. There you go. Um, bonus. But yeah, bonus, yeah, bonus. But so it's like, it's the time sensitivity. And then also, there is a physical aspect. Yeah. You just, I got quite sore from doing it. Well, I know how, I'm I know I'm not, not the best person to ask for that, but... The first time you did a t-shirt, how long did it take you to hammer it out? An like hour? An hour? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's no small investment. Mm-mm. So... Really, I, I think what hopefully we do by sharing this is even if you see somebody else's product and you see a, a, a price associated with it, yeah, you're not surprised at that price because mm-hmm. all those steps, that's all labor, that's all material. And that's that's why things cost the thing the way they do. And yeah. I, I think like it, it's weird to talk about cost because people are like oh all you do is care about the money but that's not true i think cost is associated with value and Mm -hmm. you can see that like people devoted their life to this yes like a a part of their life at the Mm -hmm. very least to it Mm -hmm. and we need to become aware of the fact that like what we pay for matters and then 
that's why you have to be selective what you have around you because Mm -hmm. we are talking about in in this podcast about having a better life through having beauty instilled around you and and, and inside and out and carefully picking about what what you hold on to what you wear what you Mm -hmm. have around you because what why because it makes a difference in the way you think and it makes it difference in what you you notice about life and that you see that every little thing is a big thing yes and every little thing is really a a gift from god like the the fact of the matter is is when you have a hammer dyed t-shirt with all these flowers it really makes you take note of all the variety of the flowers yeah you know the botanicals and like and just every, we didn't, we and didn't every, make those. No, we didn't. Right? And they're there. They're there. And, and, and that's what I love about plant dyeing is because, like, that is preserved in a way. Like, yeah. You know, like, you you ha- you pick flowers and you have it in a vase for a week. Whereas, like, you buy towels or a t-shirt or whatever. And it's going to be there for, for months, maybe years. And it's so vibrant. See, yeah. that's the thing, too. Like, you can... Ha- you can pressed flowers you can dry flowers but yeah. they don't stay the same vibrancy no. but when you transfer it yeah it's amazing how and how you see all the intricacies like with the 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 leaves and just like every little marigold petal like how many petals are in a marigold like one marigold and you're just like oh yeah that's a marigold but then when you you cut it apart and you you put each little individual petal down you're like wow yeah. There's so much detail going into that. Yeah. The leaves of marigolds also look really cool. Hammer okay. dyed. That's good to know. Just FYI. <laughs> With that, we uh, thank you. and Yeah. So hopefully you go out and try something new or you say, you know what? I want to have this around and I don't want to invest all this time because yeah. somebody else already has for me. Exactly. So then you can and go over to the Etsy shop. If you were to contact uh, Miss and Megan here, <laughs> I am sure that you could, even though it's not on the Etsy page, if for our listeners, we could send out a mordanted piece of fabric. Yeah. I would be curious if, yeah. So if you guys could write in or I might, on Spotify, I can ask questions. So there I'll ask go. a question. There you go. Of would you be interested in having pre-treated fabric? A DIY yeah, kit. but then I'm like, do I send the hammer? Do I send no. the board? No, you, you just you just send the shirt. Do I have to write an instruction packet? We have to make a YouTube tutorial. Tutorial, yes. Tutorial. Tutorial. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, I guess I could do a video. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like writing, then you have to check for spelling mistakes, and that's never fun. No, no. <laughs> So, yeah, I'd be curious if people would be interested in that or if they would be like, that's weird. I think if I think some I I think I feel like that would be a really good scam, though. I just send you a blank (laughs) T-shirt because nothing's happened to it, although people would find out really quick. But if I just sold so many, I can just back down, close the business. So that is the dark and twisted mind of Megan right there. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying it's out there for other people to do. Oh, so careful. (laughs) Careful for those scammers there. Or I guess if you're a scammer looking for a new scam, you're welcome. Exactly. I'm looking out for you. Oh, dear. (laughs) 
hey, if you can get in trouble, I can get in trouble just okay, as well. that sounds good. We'll be in trouble together. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, as always, stay quacky. <laughs>